Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. You're listening to Since We're On The Subject. Coming from the deep south and the far east, this is the only global podcast talking about whatever comes up. International news, music, movies, and LSU sports. A stir-fried gumbo of topics. Today on the show, we talk to WAFB sports reporter Jacques Doucet about the Super Bowl. LSU legends and what's in his CD player? And we're back. Guess who's back? Back, <laughs> back. again. <laughs> wow. That's nice, guys. Yep. How you been? How's your weekend? Good. 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 You have a good weekend. Very good, good weekend. So right, yeah. It's, yeah. It's what we got Monday tomorrow. Like uh, it's Monday your time, right? Yeah, yeah. Guys, check out. So last week, last Friday, my son had a fundraiser for their school. And it was kind of this thing to kind of raise awareness. Like, I can't remember if it was like, uh, I think it was like for cancer, like as they normally do. And, uh, and so we had, a, we had a balloon launch over here in Hong Kong. And it was amazing. Mm. One kid actually brought like a really big one. It was really huge. It was like <laughs> the size of three buses, I think. Okay. What color yeah. was it? I think I know white. what you're talking about. Okay. A white balloon. Yeah, remember when those. we did balloon launches back in the day? Remember we did that? Yes. Oh, did I remember ever, those. Did you ever wonder? Did you ever wonder like where they landed? Did you ever wonder that? Did you like? Because I remember when we launched balloons in elementary school, I was like, I wonder if this could make it all the way to China. Like that <laughs> always was like one of my thoughts. Uh, one of that? mine went to uh, Myrtle Beach, I believe. Wow. <laughs> you know, I think when we did balloon launches, I really remember. Didn't you put like an address on there for the school yeah. or something? Yeah. And then yeah. people would it, write you. Yeah. And I think some, somebody said state. something like, oh, we got one from Topeka, Kansas back to us or something. I was like, that's yeah. bull. What a bunch of crap. <laughs> well, <laughs> apparently they've taken it up a notch these yes. days. The balloon we stepped it up over here. Apparently they've, they've gotten out of hand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is kind of crazy. Can you see us? If we're we're waving right now, Tim, <laughs> can, like, do y'all have little CCTV cameras? Yeah, there's on? a there's like a uh, special channel for y'all to yeah. watch us. So you know how they talk about Area 51. Well, China has discovered Area 52 up in uh, Montana. So it, it was uh, really great that we found that. Um, now we have all the all the satellites ready to go. So and I. You know, and I was kind of cut off from I, I was just on a movie, I think, binge for like the last week. And so I don't even I didn't even know any of the news cycle. And I kept seeing y'all text about this balloon. And I'm like, hey, somebody catch me up on this. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I, think I wasn't on Twitter you, you or anything. Said, I didn't know anything. I was, you explain said, explain this to me like I'm a five year old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is fairly easy to do with this current situation. It's like there's a balloon. That's pretty much it. That's, so there was two of them, though. Is that right? I think there was two. I, yeah, I, I a, honestly, I didn't follow it that much either, because uh, it was just like, okay. <laughs> I, I, I was actually surprised. They like a fighter jet shot it down, like with an actual missile, or yeah. like an air-to-air missile, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. So, I, like, 
could they just switch to guns? I mean, did it have to be a <laughs> missile? <laughs> I mean, it's a balloon. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're in like Top Gun F14, and you're like switching the switching the guns. I mean, yeah, why why are you gonna waste this million dollar missile? What? Just I mean, go out there and pop what? it with like a slingshot. I mean, what are we doing? Why are we shooting a missile at it? I do. I did wonder. Was there any way to to go like like? You know, like in Batman, when he goes down and gets the balloons, you know, he flies yes. down and he and he captures them. We couldn't like capture it and just take it somewhere. I don't, uh, I don't know. So I mean, like, I'm thinking like they shot it down, and then now they're looking for the debris in the ocean. Why? Like, just pull pull it down. I mean, it's helium. It was losing <laughs> altitude. I'm sh- or maybe it was gaining. I don't know, but. Oh my god. Well, and then, and then what did it, what happened to the old man from up? I mean, he's goner. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of balloons gone wrong. Man. Top balloons point. of all time. Top 5 balloons of all time. You want to do that? <laughs> Dude, that's top that's top gun sequel is top balloon. Bro, that would be top, a perfect yeah. hot shots part deux kind of thing. Oh, yes. that would top be great. Balloon. Yeah. Uh, part part tray. We miss we miss the parody movies. Those are those are gone. <laughs> <laughs> anyway well uh, you know it's been okay a few, so it's been a few years it's been um you know you've we, written you've written a song since we were here last that's true yes back home back home i wrote it's it awesome uh, thank you thank you yes. blake uh yeah i wrote it uh last year actually i wrote it around mardi gras um per- perfect timing yeah i wrote it i finished it on a on a Friday, the Friday before Mardi Gras, back when we were in another lockdown here in, in Hong Kong, just mm. thinking about Louisiana and whatnot, knowing that travel was banned and all that junk. There are little travel bans, like you couldn't fly, like you couldn't get on a plane. Right. And uh, so I wrote it on a Friday and I sent it to my dad and I was like, hey, can you add piano to this? Thinking he would just turn <laughs> it right back to me uh, or hoping for that. If he's retired. You think he's got a little time on his yeah. hands, maybe. But uh, he wanted to he wanted to spend some time on it, which I'm glad he did. And he he uh, he rocked it. It was really it, cool. The, the keys. It was very you, good. You shared it with yeah. me and probably Matt too, yeah. month ago before that was added in. And then when yeah. you sent the final version, it was it was already awesome, and it made it you know yeah. go, he, go he to eleven. It. As the, yeah. yeah, he killed he did. it. He's it's so perfect. He's got that that new orleans style piano so that i i actually when i recorded it i was leaving space for it hoping in, that he would he would have something and he did so it was really cool so it was a yeah, cool he did project he he gave me that a few months ago and then i was like okay well with mardi gras coming up let's do it's it it's perfect so it's called back home if you have spotify or or what have you do you have cds yet are you mailing cds to the states or uh, yeah are you doing make? like demos you got demos, well, I, right? guys i sent them over on a balloon did you get them <laughs> i mean i was trying that was my <laughs> delivery you know it's funny because i've always <laughs> they, the missile hit the, hit the balloon and there was like a whole bunch of uh they're gone whoops <laughs> 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 Like I know, so my the songs I do are at, on a laptop at my home. So it's not like I'm in a studio or anything like that. They're just fun. But it always has been a goal to have some sort of album or something like that, and maybe a uh, 
maybe a vinyl record. There's an, actually a, a website called Vanillify. <laughs> okay. Or Vinylify, where okay. you can like take a playlist of songs and make it into a record. And that's my low cost way of making maybe one for myself. But yeah, I cool. I don't know if it would be a global distribution or anything like that. <laughs> well, search Tim Latour, L A T O U R, back home. That had to be a pretty cool. Uh, you've sent me songs before, you've written songs before, but this one was different, right? I mean, did it feel different? It sounded different. You know, all your songs are great and about different things. This one was a little more kind of spot on it felt like well, the words I of think, the music went together perfect yeah i think i think that one was for me like this a lot of songs i write are they're they kind of stretch genres like i don't really have a particular like lane i guess i think i'm probably more 90s you know grungy or whatever at times but that one was like going back to the roots kind of a thing you know and and then like even singing it like when i listen to it it's got a little twang to it which i don't even really normally sing with <laughs> <laughs> right um, right so and i i mean so my dad and i would play together all the time and he he kind of brought me up in that era of new orleans like kind of dr john fats domino you know mm -hmm. professor Longhair mm -hmm. type stuff so i i when i wrote that guitar riff i wanted it to sound like the rebirth or dirty dozen brass bands from new orleans exactly I, what it sounds like and i kept trying to hear a band like that play it and i was like that'd be fun yeah yeah so that's cool if if real musicians got their hands on that song and yeah. actually did something with it like that would be cool to see um i i like it but i know i can that it totally can see that too. happening too i yeah. i can totally see that happening because louisiana songs are are kind of a thing right um yeah you know the ones they play in the stadium and anyway i i could see somebody getting their hands on that harry connick or somebody you know yeah, that that would person. be that would be pretty cool. So anyway, it was fun. Yeah, I saw Chris LeBlanc the other day, and we talked about it. He heard. Oh, really? oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said cool. it was great. Nice. Yep, that's cool. Um, yeah, he's he was always a big influence on me as well. So, uh, as as we know, as we've talked about a couple times before, how, how cool yeah. is it that you just you came out with a song called "Back Home" and then you're coming, you're actually able to come back home this great summer. Segue. Like yeah. for the first time in like how Four many years. years has it been? Four years. Four years. Wow. Yeah. Years. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that was, that was kind of, you know, I, I actually thought about that. I was like, I'd be kind of fun to release that and then come back this summer. And okay. Know. So what are the chances back home will be played live at a music venue near us when you're here for a month? Yeah, like the caterer or something like that. Uh, <laughs> the caterer. Burned down, right? It's gone. Very, yeah, it's gone. Very uh, no, that would be a lot of fun. That, that that I don't know what the probability of that is, but that would be that would be a lot of fun. You know Would'd what? You I saw I actually saw I also saw Chris LeBlanc at a uh backyard event in uh Capitol Heights. Uh mm -hmm. gotta be a couple months ago now. But everybody's doing that now. After COVID, they, people yeah. pop up with like little concert venues out of their out, actual house, and Chris played like a little acoustic set out there. So stuff like that's happening like crazy around Baton Rouge. Yeah, I think that so. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, we can get you on somewhere, huh? In yeah. a backyard somewhere. Yeah, that's gonna happen. So, all right, we got Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl is coming up. Yeah. Matt, how's um, that going for you? <sighs> No Bengals, so Joe, needed the Joe Bengals. B. Needed needed uh, needed the local firepower. 
Yeah. Uh, we didn't get what it. A- so Eagle, Eagles and uh, Chiefs. It's still, it's still the two best teams in the NFL. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're both people still going to watch it. Oh, for sure. But um, yeah, not no no Joe Burrow. So that's not moving the needle quite as much. But um, hey, question: Are we tired of the Chiefs? I'm tired of the Chiefs. Are you guys tired of the Chiefs? Um, I mean, I guess. I mean, Mahomes is like Mahomes is still the best like quarterback in the league. But um, I don't know. I I felt like, I mean, that you watched the Bengals game. Like the yeah. Bengals Chiefs game was just like the worst officiating ever. Oh yeah. And like, <laughs> I mean. It just makes it feel like, I mean, is the NFL rigged? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the script. I, I don't know Bro, if I'm tired of the Chiefs as much as I, I just really wanted Joe Burrow to yeah. get there. So I can't I can't really tell. They do. They have worn on me. I tend to like to watch teams dominate for, you know, like to get to greatness and all that. They they kind of bother me. I don't they have an unpopular opinion about this, though. Okay. Um, yeah. And it's it's about Joe Burrow. Uh oh. It's starting to <laughs> aggravate me a little bit. Uh oh. The amount of LSU fans that have this fandom towards the Bengals now. Mm. Oh. Obviously, mm. I wanted the Bengals to be in the Super Bowl because is, I like Joe Burrow and I right. and I cheer for Joe Burrow, but I am not a Bengals fan. This is hitting right? close to home. Ooh. <laughs> the is when it? the Bengals played the Saints. <sighs> Here we go. The amount of LSU fans mm-hmm. that showed out mm-hmm. for Joe Burrow mm-hmm. and not for the Saints mm. is atrocious. Atrocious. Like With- the worst <laughs> ever. The if worst. you're an LSU fan, you're born in Louisiana, born in Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. I would assume mm-hmm. you're going to be a Saints fan. It, see, I think we that there might be a little wiggle room right there. <laughs> A little? <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know much if a lot of folks... Because I can give a little. I don't know if a lot of folks in Baton Rouge who grew up here loving LSU, particularly in the dog days of the Saints, mm-hmm. necessarily have a huge fandom. Now, it might have come later, and a lot of people yeah. for sure in the Drew Brees Super Bowl era really started to pull for the Saints then, but those roots aren't they're not as deep as like early '80s, late '70s LSU football. Mm-hmm. Like, not even close. I, it, to me, it's it's crazy, and I know I know it's because of me and the lens that I see things. Is like I'm an LSU fan and I'm a Saints fan second, right? And I have right. been since I was born. But and I've seen the worst of the Saints, so it's not about that. It's but the amount of LSU fans that are now LSU fans and Bengals fans second is. <laughs> crazy mm. what do you, and it's what do you getting, think about that timmy timmy's got a lsu hat on and a saints i'm repping yeah i didn't even notice this <laughs> actually tim i didn't even notice what you're wearing That's i great. got i got your number one and number two right here yeah i didn't even tigers on didn't the wouldn't... tigers on the head saints on the heart um i dude i get it i i, I mean i, I think, get it and i understand where it's coming from no it's i just, i, I I hear you. I think I think because the Saints were so abysmal this year, it was like just they're done. And then let Burrow like <laughs> let him let him have his moment this year again. 
Well, I was the same way, actually. I think, like, I, I, think I understand it, the Saints didn't make the playoffs and all that, and like they're having a really down year. But like, I am going to cheer for Burrow and Chase, and it's not yeah. like I'm not. But they're not like my favorite NFL team, right? Like some of these people are acting. I think the real test would be if the Saints and the Bengals ever made it to the yes. Super Bowl. That <laughs> oh my god, yeah, totally. Let's we that needs to happen. We have to make that happen. I two think, years in two years it'll be in the Superdome. Yeah, oh, Saints. Uh, if the Saints play the Bengals oh, in the gosh. Superdome for the oh, Super Bowl imagine? on WVLA, oh my god, <laughs> you imagine? But I think it just speaks to how charismatic of a player Joe Burrow is because he's he's at that point right now of kind of like he's an underdog so you know in a way he's young he's electric um he's got the swagger that no other player has really had I mean a lot of players have had it but they're mostly talk and don't back it up but I mean he's just got something and I think because we lived through 2019 like that was I was trying to tell somebody the other day I was like you just cannot imagine what that year was like. I mean, yeah, to win perfect, every perfect award, season. to win every game, just pure perfection. Yeah. And then to see those players going to the NFL and you're like, could you imagine if the Bengals had Jefferson? Like what that would be? I mean, right. then then you yeah. really got an right. argument for being a Bengals fan. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know. I get it. I get the the Burrow fandom. I do think there is there you have to draw a line at some point. But I think if well, the Saints I, were contenders, then that would really be a – Head scratch. So we need to ask Mr. Charles about that. We need to ask oh, Mr. Charles. Yeah, yeah well, so it, his is obvious, uh, uh, an obvious reason why he's a Bengals fan. Right. Charles Alexander, obviously, because he was played for the Bengals. But so the, when the when the Bengals came and played the Saints this year in the Superdome, um, this I was trying to get low and it didn't it didn't take off or anything. But if you're going to wear an LSU jersey to that game, because a lot of people wore LSU Burrow jerseys to the Saints game uh, to support Joe Burrow rather than support the Saints, if you were going to wear an LSU jersey to that game, wear the Tyron Matthew number seven LSU jersey if you're going to go to that game. Like, he plays for the Saints. He I is a this. beloved figure for LSU. Yeah, Wear that one. Like, don't wear the Joe Burrow one. But he didn't win the Heisman. I just love this thinking <laughs> and like you're Matt. Just go to Matt if you need to know what to wear to the next Saints game, depending on where you're. Yeah, please is. ask me. <laughs> it's so great. No, I, again, I just I, there's just something about Joe Burrow. I mean, he's just yeah. there's he's a unique figure in sports that comes around once a generation. I think. I mean, he's completely completely get it, and I understand that. And I was trying to get. I was trying to have it. I was trying to think back on like another player for another school that is kind of like in his range where does that team was well, that school now like love like you know and I can't think of I can't think of one like Bro, are Texas Tech fans Kansas City fans now? right I think I think some of it speaks to the underdog nature of Louisiana itself that when Louisiana gets a winner you kind of ride that for as long as you can. I, I don't know. Sounds like other... a next song. This sounds like a new song. From there Tim. we go. So the whole album. <laughs> I, but seriously, like when you think about Louisiana, like we're kind of an underdog state in many ways, got our own issues going on. But there's something about that state. I mean, it's why I wrote that song is there's something about that state that is so unique and, you know, holds on to stuff a little bit more passionately maybe than other states do you know what i mean like i can't imagine texas following 
Mahomes, you know, that much. I, you know, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> and I was trying, like, I, all of Louisiana would follow Burrow. You know, I, I, right? I don't know. There's been a big thing on, uh, I think, on the social media about Jalen Hurts because he went to Alabama and then he transferred his last year to Oklahoma. And now Alabama fans are coming back and like, hey, we got a quarterback in the uh, Super Bowl. Right. And everybody's right. like, well, <laughs> yeah, you benched him. You kind of ran, ran him off. Yeah, you benched yeah. him for Tua. And now, yeah, yeah. But everybody's trying to claim people or whatever. But, um, yeah, I don't I don't see Alabama fans probably clamoring to be like huge Eagles fans all of a sudden. Yeah. But, um, but I don't know. Just one more thing about Burrow. Though. I mean, like, to, to see the turnaround of the Bengals, though, like in just two years. Oh, no doubt. Unbelievable. Like, I mean, absolutely unbelievable. Like, that. that's... It's his third year, and it, it, that was his second AFC Championship game. Yeah, and the first year... Oh, it could have really been his second. It could have been his, could have been his second. Yeah, he got hurt in his first yeah. year. So, yeah. it could have been, been two Super Bowl appearances in three years. Yeah. Like, so... And we'll talk maybe a little bit about this with Jacques, but the Mahmoud Abdul Rauf documentary, just besides all the controversy, the way he worked on his game, um, if you guys haven't seen this, go check it out. Um, the way yeah, I saw these, this morning. The way these players work on their game, like growing up, is just unbelievable to me. And everybody who ever talks about Joe Burrow, they just talk about how smart he is, how much awareness he has. Like, he's... Mm -hmm. Like there's, I think it was uh, Rich Eisen saying like he's, he's like a ten year veteran and it's only his third year. I mean, just the wisdom yeah. that he has. Well, I, yeah. I, you know what struck me? You, you mentioned the Mike Rumble Abdul Roof doc, but like they talk about him in that documentary. He actually talks about how he he never actually went out like in college. Right. Like he didn't go out partying or anything like that. He kind of just stayed in his room. But another thing about him was the Tourette's that he had, the Tourette's yeah. syndrome. It act, one of the doctors was on that documentary saying like he may not have been it it's probably a, a, a something that happened to him that made him even better as a basketball player because he worked on his game like nonstop like relentlessly and had to have perfection and all these like twitches and everything made him like want to keep doing it over and over and over and that mm -hmm. repetition repetition actually made him better and it's like you wouldn't think that something like that that's so severe where he's just like having all these like ticks and everything was going to make him a better person, but it, it right. did. But with Burrow, it's like he in college was like like very nerdy. Like a, a guy that's just in his room playing video games. With all watching, due respect. Watching, yeah. Well, yeah, watching tape. Like not like your traditional like college kid at all. Right. Like they both kind of had that same kind of like it's just different it was just very different yeah. kind and of i think i think that that ethic th you know? that there's something that makes these pro athletes and professional whoever actors musicians whatever like i think of john mayer in the same way that i would think about joe burrow or tom brady like all john mayer does is play the guitar he just plays the guitar like he's on instagram playing the guitar all the time just non-stop yeah. and yeah. there's something about these elite performers or athletes that just eat sleep and breathe whatever they do and and you know that's what makes them so great you know i think that plays into the thing we were just talking about about why there's such a following it's the uniqueness of the player of joe burrow and the uniqueness of the well, season and and, and then what and he also did it's all it's that perfect storm 
females are attracted to Joe Burrow. That's another uh, something that's out there. I don't know if you know, but uh, I've never heard that. I didn't know that. <laughs> let's make that the let's make that the name of this episode. Yeah, uh, he's got uh, he got veneers after his first year in the league. By the way, did you know that? Mm. big old chompers i had no idea and i don't even know how i would have come across that information so the fact that you know that oh just look at a picture blake like look at a picture from lsu to now you can tell like he's got big chompers now we'll get a dentist good on you joe yeah i would do the same thing (laughs) well anyway um speaking overhead i think i think jock's up in the uh yeah, he's up in the air. Waiting Speaking for of somebody who balloon. is an expert in their field, someone who studies sports reporting, lives it, <laughs> relentless, and breathes it, who knows everything yep. about everything, Hall of Famers, Hall, yep. total Hall of Famers. He should have WFB named after him. I Absolutely. think he's cutting up some Lehigh ninety-five footage right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's ring him up. Dial up the balloon. Let's go. Okay, so you're not in Phoenix this week, Jacques. You're not, uh, you're not covering, you're not covering the... the. Oh, dude, I'm taking a break from the station because Monday. Well, I'm taking a break. I gotta go back to the station. Tomorrow's our Warwick Dunn Award, which we give our Player of the Year for our high school football thing, and I still got cool. another piece or two to edit, and I'll get ready for that. So I'm gonna be in Columbia. I'm going to cover that game next week. The women. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they're playing uh, South Super Carolina. Bowl Sunday uh, at Sunday. South Carolina. Yeah. That's right. So I'll be there for that. So I'm going there Friday. But no, I'm not. I mean, what are our what are our LSU angles in this game? Uh, the Super Bowl. We've got Clyde, Clyde. who's not going to play. Bench. Yeah. There's a Clyde's guy from Catholic yeah. High is on the practice squad for the Chiefs, I think. But I mean, you know, there's nothing really. Uh, Justin Reed is uh, Dutchtown, right? Justin Reed, yeah, yeah. He's on the uh, he's on the Eagles, or the, I don't even know. No, I think he's uh, on the Chiefs. Chiefs, if I'm not okay. mistaken. I know. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no more local ties after Joe Burrow. <laughs> Jacques, have you ever been to a Super Bowl? Uh, two. When the Saints won, and oh, yeah. uh, when Beyonce knocked out the lights in the Superdome, I went to oh. the, the Ravens and the 49ers, Right? What, you blame Beyonce? Like? You blame Beyonce? <laughs> I, do, I do not blame Beyonce. I'm just <laughs> uh, that's what. Uh, but the, but the lights, man. It, the deal was that was like a perfect. Like the whole week was perfect. The weather was spectacular, and then like that one thing went wrong uh, when the lights went out. And but the, are, are is the Royals getting the Super Bowl again? And in- yeah, next year or the two years from now? I think. I think it's yeah, two it was- years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, uh, 2025, I believe. I gotta ask, and I know it's been what. 14 years on, on WVLA. No, no big one. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, what was the onside kick? Like what, what did that feel like being in the Superdome? Uh, being well, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And in, in Miami, um, well, i tell you what I re- remember most about when we hadn't started yet. Have we? Oh, We're yeah. still, yeah, mm. th- no, this is how we roll. This is it. Oh yeah. yeah you're doing we're, great. You're doing we're great. We're asking all the hard hitting questions we're right now. Oh, okay. I'm on the. Tell record. me what the onside kick in the Saints Super Bowl was. What did it feel like 13 years ago? Let's. That's well, That's the questions our listeners want to know. <laughs> well, as Sean Payton described, the halftime was very long. Right. I remember the Who played the halftime. I remember Steve Caparata texting me or telling me there's no way 
that Roger Daltrey pulled off that scream. That had to have been piped in or something <laughs> when he did the big scream on Won't Get Fooled Again, right? Uh, he's too old. There's no way he pulled it off. But, <laughs> Freaking uh, Caparata tweets, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> um love cap man he's he's you know he's in a new orleans italian who loves his sports and weather he he's gonna get his opinions in but um yeah i uh so they had a long time to think about it and uh they came out and did it and it i was like holy cow i can't believe they just kicked an onside kick and then it took them forever to unpile the pile and um, I, I tell you the thing that that I remember most about the Super Bowl was that Steve Schneider and I. So we're up. They put the, they put the local peons like us at the top of the stadium. Like my back was at the wall at the top of the stadium. Wow. Like I could have I could have like fallen to my death if I just like fell over the back of it. So we go down the field <laughs> with five minutes left, and uh, NFL Network had had vacated their little thing in the end zone. And so Steve says, "I'll tell you what, we're going to kneel right here." Uh, Shockey had just scored the touchdown. Lance Moore had just got the two-point conversion. So the game was tied. And so Steve said, uh, well, no, the Saints had gone up by a touchdown. So we, we said, look, the, uh, the, the, the Colts are going to probably take it down and score. We'll be right here when the Saints are driving right at us for the game-winning touchdown. And so we were there, I kid you <laughs> not, two plays. And Peyton Manning drops back. And he throws it out in the flat. And Tracy Porter jumps it, intercepts it. And he really made a beeline straight to us. Wow. And he he struck the pose like five feet from me, and the ball dropped and rolled, and it hit me in the foot. Like no I was shooting. so that's one of my you know small town from Milton gets to be in the big moment type deals. Oh yeah, that that, that happened. And then um, I think a day later, I was shooting U High versus Episcopal Girls playoff <laughs> soccer in the cold. And Same it energy. Tru- it was yeah. truly. Uh, Back to life, back to reality, you know, what we were singing. <laughs> so doing the local wow. stuff, you get your taste of the big time. You get you, you get it a lot, actually, because you cover LSU and the Saints. But yeah, uh, man, but yeah, I gotta, say, I was, when Tracy Porter was running that touchdown in and he started pointing at the crowd, I was like, please do not drop. <laughs> no, he was phone. pointing at Jacques. He was pointing, he was pointing at Jacques. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was freaking out. I, I was, every time I watched that replay, I'm, I still say, don't drop the ball. Don't drop the ball. <laughs> it, how do, it how do you of, cover those, Jacques? Like you're I mean, you're a lifelong Louisiana probably pride guy whatever what you know as far as lsu and the saints go and like you're experiencing these moments real time i mean i know you're supposed to keep it like professional and like unbiased i guess you would say right as a reporter but like how do you how do you deal with that in the moment are you like jumping up and down like a fanboy like i would be like (laughs) no i'm not allowed to do that you know you have to keep it on the inside or they'll throw you out they always say that at the beginning of the game like in the press box anybody caught cheering will be asked to leave the press box this is a working (laughs) press box blah 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 but i do think matt it's your responsibility as a local person that when the local team wins and they win a big game and it's exciting that you act excited too i think that's kind of i think i'm obligated to have some enthusiasm and say you know a game for the ages. LSU goes for two, and Jaden Daniels puts it on the money to Mason Taylor, and the Tigers win. It's something we'll always remember, you know, that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. You can't get out there and just, you know, monotone it. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, you know, I wear, I wear purple, and I wear a yellow shirt when I cover LSU, and I probably look like a homer. I do not wear anything that says LSU on it or, or whatnot. Or right. I wear a black and gold to cover LSU or the Saints, but uh, – 
But no, um, you're not allowed to cheer, but you you really say, wow, I was just part of something really special. And I was standing feet away from, you know, whatever it may be, whether it's, you know, Tyrus Thomas breaking it in the open floor against Duke in front of 30,000 people and Duke's the number one seed and LSU's got no chance to win this game and they've upset Duke. You know, those are things I always like remember for sure. What what are the what are the events that are in your top three? I mean, the Super Bowl, I would think, is up there just the the biggest stages and the and the events that you know just stay with you forever yeah blake um uh, my heart never beated never beat faster than when garrett hartley came out to kick the mm-hmm. um nfc championship uh field yeah. goal in overtime yeah. I, I was yeah. just like there is like 40 years riding on this kick right <laughs> yeah. now right. and if he duck hooks this damn thing and <laughs> you know they lose you know, you got one kick, one shot to go to the Super Bowl. If it had been me out there, I wouldn't have been able to walk out there. I had a panic attack right. and it collapsed or something. <laughs> yep. I guess that's why these are professionals. You know, they go out and they and and he did it. And so um, I remember that humorously also because some little skinny guy with a uh, with blue jeans and a baseball cap he comes in and sits down in front of us, and then this old guy with a baseball cap he comes out and sits down in front of us. And Bobby Yebear was upset that the media that usually sits there was kicked to the back for these these Johnny-come-latelys in the NC Championship. And it turned out it was Kenny Chesney and Jimmy Buffett. Those were the two guys <laughs> that were sitting in front of us. And I think they left before the game was over. They didn't care, you know, about the Saints going right. to the Super Bowl for the first time ever. But, yeah, wow. and, and besides that, I mean, I, I got to cover all, you know, every national championship uh, LSU won, three, seven, uh, the one they played for in 11, and then 19. You know, 19 was really like – natural drug every day you woke up it was like i get to do this for a living this is a job right i mean even the like the ed ogeron press conferences on monday leading into going to practice to the player interviews to his coaches show on wednesday to the games on the weekend to waking up on sunday where are we in the polls where you know we number one you know we're gonna make the playoff you know are we gonna what seed are we so that i'll never forget that i gotta you know, I've got I've got pictures from that and going to see Joe Burrow win the Heisman. Um, you know, I never forget we we're we're going to catch the plane on Sunday morning, leaving New York City, and we're driving out on a cab or Uber or whatever the hell it was. And uh, you know, the they say the city never sleeps, but it was sleeping at that point. It's four or five in the morning. I turn and look in Times Square, and there's this huge rotating billboard or video mm-hmm. board that says Joe Burrow Heisman Trophy winner. And I was like, Is this real? Did this really? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Really- right. Yeah, that's oh, cool. Just, yeah, so yeah. those are up. Yeah, those are up there. Yeah, the uh, I gotta say, this last LSU Alabama game, I still and I, I've gone to Tiger Stadium since I was six and whatever, nineteen eighty four. But that that game stands out to me pretty uniquely. I think going back, you know, decades to you know, I mean, I was in there for the earthquake game, but I earthquake game, but I was little. That that LSU Alabama game was a different kind of atmosphere this past fall. Yeah, and it's hard to get Tiger Stadium on 11 these days. Like, I right. mean, we, we are far too distracted with our phones and with going somewhere and we can't sit still, right? And so to get the stadium packed and to keep them there to the end, it's got to be special. And, yeah, you know, point. LSU was a 13-and-a-half-point a underdog, I think, going into the game. And I just remember the talk was, you know, can we hang with them? Can we hang with them? And um, over the years, I mean, whether you're talking, I mean, 2008, 
2012, 2014, 2016. Those were all years in which LSU was like, seemed like they were on equal footing as, as Alabama, but there was some heartbreaking thing that happens at the end, whether it's TJ Yeldon or whatever the case may be. And so it's kind of the same thing. It's like, are we going to get our hearts ripped out again? And sure mm -hmm. enough, Bryce Young, you know, pulls off this Houdini act, the whole pocket's collapsing, and somehow he gets out and throws a touchdown. Yeah. But um, kind of like, I guess, Skyler, or excuse me, Devery Henderson running that kickoff back to midfield against Georgia in 2003. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jaden Daniels almost a third and long. You know, he breaks it for a 31-yard run, and then he throws the teardrop, the beautiful pass to Mason yeah. Taylor. And Alabama really had a chance to win in the interregulation. I don't know the receiver, but he was right there at the 10 or something, and he kind of had it and he lost it. And so they kicked the field goal and you know they go for two and they and they and they win the thing. And um which is kind of uh, which is kind of hilarious when some people, you know, and I realize Jaden Daniels needs to improve and he's got things he's got to work on and he's got to utilize the wide receivers. But what yeah. did we say for years? We can't beat Alabama with a drop back passer. We need a dual right. threat guy. And sure enough, you got a dual threat guy. And that's why LSU won because he scrambled and he ran and he, you know, and he threw and, and, right. uh, and, and, and so the Mettenbergers and, uh, you know, the Etlings and all those guys, yeah. you know, they were fine, but they couldn't beat Alabama. And so anyway, yeah, Man, you're and, right. Well, yeah, the going for two, too, that that's just a unique situation. You got all that that you just mentioned that packed into that moment and it exploded. Well, it was yeah. great to look at all the reaction videos. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I had to be careful with the editing. Fred's has a <laughs> huge banner that says "We do the effing." I'm not going to say it, <laughs> yes. but up on. So Thank I had you. to shout out, shout out to Fred's, shout out to Fred's. <laughs> shout out to Fred's and my guy Jason Nay and all those guys. But so I had to pick. <laughs> but but that was amazing. Like seeing all those people just go nuts on the two point yeah, conversion. Sure. People jump yeah. into their pools. Um, you know, just, you know, all these moments captured. And uh, I think Kim Mulkey might have tweeted a video, and you hear some guy in the back goes, he goes, uh, well, we say they're going to be the hero. They're going to run him out of town after this one, you know, talking about Brian Kelly. Right. Going for it. And uh, and I just watched the scoreboard, and I shot That was Blake's there. dad, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, dad. Okay, so, so – uh, and Speaking by the of, way, my parents, real quick, and my parents in their yeah. 70s went to Pastime Pizza and they were doing pickle shots like at one in the morning. I mean, that's the power of LSU football. <laughs> just makes you feel so good, right? <laughs> so good. <laughs> we, we were talking right before you came on. When, when does the Joe Burrow statue uh, go up? Speaking of greatness and going back to the 2019 season. And there's a time the, limit on this. Well, let me they, ask like, you they guys have to wait. this. When, when right. we grew up, weren't statues like to old people that had died hundreds of years ago or, you know, we didn't grow up saying, you know, when they're going to make a statue for this guy or that guy. I just feel like this has been kind of in the last few years. I Don't you <laughs> well, think it's I, weird to I put think up a statue comes... for a guy who's not even 30 years old yet? It's just, <laughs> I, I don't say, you know, he definitely deserves uh, it, but it's just, you know. No, he was terrible. But no, it, it, uh, it, it was the uh, we seem to be naming a lot of things right now. We we were going to ask you about that. That might be a better uh, little topic to get your take on. And uh, please don't don't put on the record. Jacques doesn't think Joe Burrow needs a statue. I you know it's on the record no, for get... sure. Well, it used to be it used to be everybody just got their number retired. That was the right, first thing. Right, but like yeah, thing. now now it's like bronze statues out there, and um, 
So yeah. we might well, be over. After, we might be overstatuing. Well, I mean, the, but, the Kevin Falk thing has been debated for a long time. Uh, yeah. Should three be retired? Uh, Glenn Dorsey, that's been debated a long time. Seventy-two, mm-hmm. what what he accomplished. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like uh, you know, I took Steve's place on the Saints Hall of Fame, and every we're meeting, I think Tuesday to to vote in whoever gets in this year, and it, I feel like every year we go there, and now we're just voting in. Somebody that had something to do with the Saints Super Bowl team in 2009 or, or part of that run. <laughs> and I think that LSU football is kind of the same. I mean, we've had so many great, amazing players over the last two decades that it's almost like if you if you start honoring too many, I mean, who do you leave out? So, um, yeah, so that, that's yeah, a good point. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's 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 worth thinking about. I think I don't know. It seems like. There, there, there probably will be some time. It's going to be years from now before I would think they put up a Joe Burrow statue. But I would think well, he he's going to. He would really need to do some more damage in the NFL, right? I mean, he'd need to win a Super Bowl or something. Does he? Does he? I don't to think get he does. us. I mean, look at. I, Shaq. I, I think. I mean, I, I'm sure they have a. I'm sure they have a time. I think it's like a five year or something like that. Like window, the board of supervisors goes. Probably. I'm just like, look, if you're going to do it, just go ahead and do it. Like, just yeah. wave it. Like, what are we doing? Like, the guy just won a national championship. He's the best player of all time at LSU football history. Like, right? I mean, I think everybody agrees with that at this point. Like, his career at LSU was the best career of any player in history of LSU football, and we have to wait. Like, it just, just well, and it. to your and to your point, I mean, we don't know what's coming next, but he it does seem like that season, how it happened, how they won it, you know, how they're still known as as the greatest team or, or whatever it seems like that one's gonna stick around for a while that one's gonna linger in LSU well I, I mean I think I mean go ahead and just name the basketball court after him at this point <laughs> <laughs> well look Billy Cannon they obviously I mean he had passed away and they put a statue up um of him I mean P- Billy passed when he was 80 uh and he won the Heisman in 58 and you know his his pro career I think is I don't know much about it, to be honest with you. I don't. I don't think it was huge, but um, you know, obviously they're they're not going to wait that long. But um, you know, you, I, I think obviously they're going to do it at some point. I'm not sure how comfortable Joe is with getting a statue. You know, he might be like, I, hey, I agree with that. I can, you know, we're, we were a team. I was throwing to Justin Jefferson. I was throwing to Jamar Chase. Look what these guys are doing in the NFL. Right. So right. Um, I definitely yeah, don't think he cares. I, I definitely don't think he really wants any of that attention right now. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I mean, he's the most humble dude, right? Like he's like a nerd. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, uh, when he came into the spring game last year, I kept waiting for him to pop up with Emily uh, Dixon or somebody from LSU doing do an interview. I don't think he talked to anybody. I think he came in and came out, and he's never been interested really in being uh, doing interviews. I mean, he when he does them, he does them well, but he's not looking for it for sure. So, right. right. Um, yeah, I mean, he he obviously um, no one. I mean, how many touchdowns did he account for? Sixty four or something? I gotta look it 66. up. Sixty six. Sixty six. Yep. And so, what did Jaden do this year? Jaden had a you know a very solid year, and what did he account for? I think he ran. I think it was like 40 something. Yeah, I think it was like 15, over ran for eleven, twenty six or so. I, I don't know, but uh, maybe yeah. around thirty. But uh, yeah, I mean, covering that guy was uh, you know it was tremendous. So, uh, you know, as far as the the other stuff, um, you know, the Dale Brown, Sue Gunner yes. thing. What do you think is going to happen? Let me ask you guys this real quick. So since Dale Brown had the court named after him roughly uh, a year and change ago, 
Has that really resonated? Do you watch an LSU basketball game and do they say we're live from the Pete Maravich Assembly Center at Dale Brown Court? When you read an article in The Advocate or ESPN.com or LSUsports.net, have you read Dale Brown Court referenced? And I feel like it hasn't resonated at all. I think whatever your opinion was of Dale Brown, I think most people have an overly positive memory of his days coaching and what he did and whatnot. I don't think it's changed anything. I mean, I was thinking about it today. What's the difference between the banner hanging of him and then his name on the court? I mean, my glance down, I glance up. I mean, so. Right. Um, no, I think I, you're I right. Just, I, I would say I, I kind of forgot about it, to be honest. You know, I mean, and I go yeah. to LSU basketball games, but it hadn't been on the forefront of my mind. Tim, are they talking about it in Hong Kong? Yeah, right they now? talk about it all the time. <laughs> it's actually a huge debate. It's um, like the weather, the, the spy balloon, spy balloon one. Oh no, no, no! That that's spy balloon. Dale Brown one B. Yeah. No, no, no! Spy balloon is way down at the bottom of the list compared to this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 all state run media. Yep. Yes. So so Jacques to to what you said. So if if we would probably be similar to you and think, yeah, that hadn't really landed. Is your is your point just so like the balloon? Does it matter? <laughs> does it matter? Is that your point? Like we're talking well, about another maybe fairly insignificant thing, and we're getting in all the tangled up about it. I, and I just don't know how much it matters to to a lot of people. Um, yeah. I, I do find it, I do think it's disrespectful. I would agree that to go back and to change something a year later after you you know gave it to somebody and said, hey, you're going to share it with Sue Gunner. And, and I've heard stories from multiple people yeah. about how Dale Brown was, you know, for his birthday, was brought to lunch by several people and then kind of buttered him up for a while. And then at the end of it, kind of dropped it on him and said, hey, we want you to share the court with Sue Gunner. And uh, that didn't go over well. And uh, so it, happy you know, some people... birthday. <laughs> yeah. The cake comes out. Yeah. The cake comes out. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I think some uh, of her players have even said some of the players that played for Gunner have come out and said they didn't necessarily think. Well, yeah, Jock, you 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 did those her. interviews, I believe. Yeah, she she reached out to me through uh, through another former player and said that she wanted. Her, she said, "Look, Sue Gunner should be, should have been in the conversation from the get go, but we can't go back in time." And I had a close relationship with Dale Brown too. Uh, you know, we talk about the player. Uh, you know, we all loved him. She had a great. Sue Gunner and Dale Brown had a great relationship and to go back and change it a year later, especially when the guy's 87 years old um, is, you know, is distasteful. And so I don't agree with people that say they haven't done anything for Sue Gunner. Now the Sue Gunner statue in the PMAC, uh, when people say Sue Gunner has a statue that leads people to think that it's the same size as the ones outside the practice facility. And it's right. Right. I don't want to say it's an R2-D2, but it's not a, <laughs> you know, it's not one of them big statues. It's a bit smaller. Um, and if you go, but you but you go to the practice facility and Sue Gunner's face photo was up there big and she has a banner. So they have done things for Sue Gunner. It's not like I haven't done anything for her. Yeah. Um, Sue Gunner's a little different from Dale Brown in the fact that she had a great career at Stephen F. Austin before she came to LSU. And I, I didn't really realize that. I don't want to get too far in the weeds, but mm -hmm, I brought right. up her resume today and looked at it. Let's see here. Uh, Stephen F. Austin, she finished number nine, number 14, number five, number five in the national polls uh, during her time there. And so uh, I guess that's a difference. Dale Brown really didn't have a career before LSU, but 
you know, Sue Gunner, um, the, the unfortunate thing about her is that she gets credit for the Final Four team, but she didn't coach that team. Um, right. She got sick. Pokey stepped in. You can do right. a whole podcast about Pokey and, yep. the, you know. That's the, the next episode. Yeah. Next episode. <laughs> look, I always got along well with Pokey. I like Pokey. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever happened, happened off the floor. And, you know, you got people that say there's certain lines you don't cross and you can't do that. Uh, I don't know what happened, but we know she had to resign. And and really, I mean, she was really the head coach the whole time of the final mm-hmm. four, the five straight yeah. final four. Starkey had to take over when she resigned, and then Van Chancellor inherited the loaded team, and he went to the final four uh, that one year. And so Pokey is a real complicated subject. She's She, she had like a 105 and 14 record, and yet we can't talk about her. Like, no one talks about exactly. Pokey. Don't talk about Pokey. It's all Sue and Kim. Nothing in between. Yeah. They do have a picture of her in the practice facility as a player. She was a great player, Pokey, an All-American, yeah. Kodak All-American. Right. Mm-hmm. But as far as a coach goes, yeah, that's been that's been power washed out of existence. Uh, and so it's 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 a crazy thing, you know. And it's the same thing I talked about about Darius Geis. I don't glorify Gary Darius Geis. I don't, uh, you know, whatever he did, I don't know. But uh, LSU, you're in charge of the party, okay? Right. You're you're in charge of Tiger Stadium. You don't want to invite Darius guys. You don't want to have him on the sideline. You don't want to show him on the scoreboard. That's all fine. But to go and take people's names out of records and, and erase statistics, to me, there's something fundamentally wrong with that. It happened. It's history. It exists to say it didn't happen because allegedly he was a real crummy guy. I, I, I don't know about that. You know, that, that yeah. that's a slippery slope to me. Yeah. Huh. Completely agree. Yeah, and I, I almost feel like the I almost I mean way lower level, but like Will Wade, his run is going to be somewhat diminished over time as well. Oh, for sure, for sure. Matt, yeah. he's got he's got the uh, most unusual stay in LSU history. Okay, so he coached four NCAA caliber teams. Right, the second year was his best mm-hmm. team which he was suspended and did not coach them in the NCAA tournament. Uh, the next year, they would have gone to the tournament. That was COVID, so that COVID. didn't happen. Yep. Then he goes to the tournament. Finally, he coaches two games. They beat somebody in the first round and lost in the second, right? They lost to Michigan, yeah, second round. Michigan, yeah. And then this past year, he had an NCAA team again. He's suspended again. So yep. he had four NCAA quality teams, and he coached one of them in the tournament. Yes. So um, Where is – uh, where is his statue going to be? Do we think <laughs> over by LSU PD? Maybe it's going to be next to Fred. Uh, yeah, it's going to be yeah, Fred's. Uh, they're you just uh, had bad luck, man. You just had real bad luck that the FBI just so happened to be listening on that call, and you know, I'm sure that happens. Yeah, and he 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 did his he did his damage on that. Oh, I, I think where I was going with that a little bit too is like Will Wade. In his demeanor, I I grew up with LSU basketball. Like I, I remember watching the '86 team. Don Redden was my favorite player. You know, Ricky Blanton, all those guys. But like Dale Brown's like demeanor, and especially especially his attitude towards the NCAA, was a lot like Will Wade's. And to tell me that we were running some clean and squeaky program in the the '80s and the '90s is crazy talk. Like so, it it always baffled me the animosity that Will Wade got for doing close to the same things, and but being being a brash guy, um, that that kind of stung me a little bit because I I was a huge I'm just a huge LSU basketball fan, and I always found it odd the 
the relationship that some of those guys like Brown, maybe College Temple have had with Will Wade. And now we're going back and we're honoring a court after Dale Brown after we just fired Will Wade for doing almost the exact same thing that Dale Brown used to do. And that's yeah. where I'm like, I, I, this is all just silly at this point. Like, I, I, as a fan, I don't feel like this is a big deal at all. And, like, I don't really – I understand maybe maybe the, the, the way it went about is probably incorrect and very distasteful. But, like, other than that, I don't care about the court being named after anybody. Right. No, I, I mean, Steve Schneider covered those Dale Brown teams in that era. And I think LSU was a lot like a lot of college basketball teams. We heard the stories. We heard the stories of people being paid. I think Shaq, you know, came out and talked about one time what I got paid or this car yeah. and this and that. And then afterwards, he had a gold. He had a gold Mercedes. He had a gold Mercedes in college. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh you, no, no, no! I'm just joking. We're just having fun. Nah, no, don't talk about that. And right. so, um, I mean, we heard. Uh, lots. That's of the people. way to win, though. That was the way to win. I mean, it is what it is, and it's. I mean. Uh, if you do it again, do it again. I, I mean, now obviously with NIL, everything's different. But um, yeah, I, I, just, I, I, I always I agree with you. Yeah. To, to not say anything is one thing, but to but to you know act like you know you're just so uh, you know um, disappointed. Clutching your pearls. And, you're clutching your yeah, pearls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your your honor <laughs> and your soul is hurt that LSU got caught cheating in basketball. You know, and, right? And we did things the right way, and you did. I mean, I, I I would agree. I mean, just don't say anything about it at all. I mean, if yeah, if the FBI is listening right now, we're really really sorry. <laughs> just, <laughs> please leave us alone. I mean, if anything, well, we're going to go in the weeds on Will Wade because if you get me started on Will Wade, no, I'm that's go next time. Yeah, he's but, he's going to join us next time. I mean, the, his his fatal have to mistake was no. to not have a fall guy. You got to have ah. a fall guy. You got to have a guy that talks to that oh guy. You can't you can't be the guy. Caught is this talking a mob? Are we is, once ag once again? If the FBI is listening hey, now, it that is, is proven. Is it is Matt Godfather? Anderson. What, what that's we, Matt Anderson we, talking. Bruce Pearl, Bill <laughs> Self. All of them did. He's all of he's, them did it, and he's gone. Chuck he's Chuck gone Person nuclear. went to federal oh, penitentiary. I'm so sorry, Jacques. I'm so sorry. He's gone plaid. No, but he's. I mean, <laughs> he's right. He, I mean, I, I've heard that from many people. That why was Will Wade the guy on the phone, or why you know using his own bank account or his you know all that stuff, whatever that happened there. Uh, yeah. I mean, there you know there there's a way to cheat right and i guess they weren't cheating the right way uh, <laughs> I, I don't know i mean everyone you know if you if you don't if you ain't cheating you ain't cheating you're not trying that's the uh that's the old yeah. you know comment right. and so we are know, recording we are. i just i want you to know we are recording <laughs> <laughs> but you know trent johnson to a fault I don't know if you'd say it to a fault, but he didn't play that game. You know, I mean, I, I remember him telling us uh, an off the record conversation one time about, you know, what Johnny O'Brien was offered to go different places and uh, he wasn't going to play the game and he came here apparently for free. But uh, yeah, I mean, you either end up in that situation or you end up having a lot of good players and, and you win. So, uh, you know, Duke, I'm sure has methods. I'm sure, I'm sure everyone that's a blue collar has methods of, you know, For massaging sure. the system just like people lie on their taxes or whatever. So, uh, right. yeah, I mean, it was just not not anybody we know, but yeah, you know, not, people, yeah. people. people, <laughs> the royal yeah. we people. So, all, all right. right. So back to naming. We got okay. So we got we got Alex Box Stadium. 
Alec Stadium. Alec Box Stadium. What well, Alec Box was a war hero, and then obviously right. Skip Bertman Field. That's a no brainer. Okay. So, right. and you yes. got you got the PMAC. You got Pete Maravich, Dale Brown Court, Sue Gunter Court. Right. You got Tiger <laughs> Stadium. The, Not Death, officially, but we'll see you Death, February tenth this Friday. Yeah, yeah, Death Valley. Okay. Um, Curly Hallman Field. So we're working on that one. Curly right Hallman Field. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Curly um, Hallman, seven o'clock. Tiger Stadium, seven o'clock. Curly Hallman. Oh, sponsored, sponsored by Sponsored by Frito Lay. Free Golden Olay, Flake yeah. potato Golden chips, Flake. Golden, Golden Flake. Flake. Golden Flake. Golden Flake. Oh, I messed yeah. that one up. Yeah. <laughs> one taste and you're stuck on Golden Flake. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the official chip of the Southeastern Conference. That's really good. <laughs> Uh, Curly Holman. That's, that's so how it's, messed up I was. So it's Alex, Alec. I mean, it's, it's Alec spelled, Box Stadium. I know, right? it's, but it goes both ways, right? It's Alex, Alec. It's spelled Alex with an X. We'll, we'll ask Jim Hawthorne next time we have him on. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Hawthorne. Well, yeah, I think. But but so Alec Alec was was a Wait, we got to call him right now. right now actually let's call him right now Bob it's Alec it is Alec Alec Box Stadium just like Alec Bregman Alec Edward uh, who is the pitcher Alec uh, what you weren't you from Alec Alec he's from Gina yeah, I believe he's, he's from, from Alec oh okay so uh, high Hawthorne. school Anna Coco from Jim Hawthorne from Anna oh Coco. that's right that's right I, I was told it was not Alex from the from the get go it was yeah, a, yeah Alec, Alec. Yeah, Alec Box. Stadium. So we got. I think Skip so, Bertman told me that too. So, so Jacques, I, I know you remember the powerhouse of Lehigh football back in the nineties, and uh, yeah, we were on Sportsline. Now, a now named Liberty High School. <laughs> yeah, we were a few times. Uh, our field was named Jack Stokel Field at one point, mm. and you know what they did with that school, Jacques? They tore it down. They tore the whole thing down. <laughs> uh, I heard and the stories should. of how good Lee used to be in football when I started working at Channel Nine. They were not. It was. Uh, it was rough. <laughs> uh, I remember them like scheduling one A teams like East Everville and losing. It was a rough situation there at the end. Not our. Not our era, right? We didn't. Oh uh, yeah, that was that was right after us. Um, yeah, we beat we, we were the team. We were scrap. We were scrappy forty five man roster playing against a uh, hundred and ten man Catholic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the FBI, you know, we, we the FBI. Yeah, that down. was. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they had work done. I mean, guys <laughs> like that. So yeah, uh, Wade well, Ritchie. They got... they, yeah, they had. Uh, remember, we played against uh, Karen Crow and Wade Ritchie. Yeah, was, uh, Ke Kevin Falk was uh, yeah. a sophomore playing quarterback yeah option I me quarterback i remember wade ritchie kicking through the uprights at a lehigh uh, yeah he it kicked was... a 50 something yarder yeah <laughs> and then went on to a never, made another, <laughs> exactly. never made another kick exactly <laughs> that was one of the craziest turnarounds ever because i think in his lsu career he was like seven of 21 or something i gotta look it up but people oh always God. forget uh, the the upset of Florida in 1997, 28-21, I think he missed three field goals in that game. No one talks about that because oh. LSU won. But if they would have lost, right. it would have been, you know, Wade Ritchie <laughs> missed three field goals. Uh, but then he got to the NFL with the 49ers, and he was drilling Good. Them. Yeah, He was really like 80%. I'm like, what the heck? This is the same guy? So yeah. I do remember that. Might need to name something after him. We'll think about that. One of the goalposts. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he, he hit a few of them. I, I do <laughs> he think he hit a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> I do think we're a little name happy, though. Just going back to what Jock talked about earlier, I, th I think yeah, it's a I little, agree. a little much, you know. Yeah, I do. Well, I, that I was one of our. That was one Alex of Alex Box makes this. sense. Skip Bergman yeah. makes sense. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nervich makes sense. Well, that was one of my tweets this week was uh, maybe name the uh, Superdome 50-yard line the Les Miles Jordan Jefferson 50-yard line. Because <laughs> okay. they crossed it once or late in the game yes. or whatever. Late, very late, yeah. It should be Les Miles Field. I mean, he ate the grass. I mean, why, why are we holding <laughs> That's that? That's true. Uh, All right, well, so – it, what was I going to say on that real quick? Um, it has to be obvious. Like the other day I was watching Arizona basketball was on TV. Lute Olson court. That's obvious, right? Yeah. yeah. Coach yeah. K, Bobby Knight point. for all his wild temper tantrums and his controversial methods. If Indiana named the court after him, that would make sense. Pat Summit. When it when it when it's not obvious and you kind of have to debate it to an extent, then it's not an insult to anybody. It's just like you know. One day I'm going to leave Channel 09 and they I won't expect them to name the studio after me. But if they name the coffee machine or something, you know, that's fine. But, you know, we got a we got a Paul Gates this and, a, you know, we, we have a picture of Donna Britt, the late Donna Britt hanging and, and, and some yeah. of the great ones in the past. We don't have things named after them. So, I, yeah, I, I, I think we're in a statue name after era that has begun. I don't know if it's been perpetuated. Uh, perpetuated by Twitter and Facebook and people chatting or social media and whatever, but, um, yeah, probably so. The Rob Hayes desk. Do you have that? The Rob Hayes desk? (laughs) Rob Hayes still there. So he love Rob. Yeah. That's a great boss, man. He, uh, he books my flights and my hotels and, and for my road trips and he's great boss. He, he's a, you know, a lot of news directors are not supportive of their sports department. They won't pay for things or invest in things. That's never been the case with him. So I appreciate him on a serious note. Jacques, cool. I, I think we, uh, we've always talked music with you whenever we brought you on. I, th- I yeah. think one of the times that uh, was right after, uh, uh, Eddie Van Halen had passed, right? Yes. We had you yeah, on. We talked, right. we talked Van Halen. Halen. Yep. So I got um, my little, this is my little Eddie, whatever aw, you call this Eddie, thing right there here. You go. There you go. Yeah. Unchained. So <laughs> thought it was jump, George Harrison at first. Yeah. Um, so, our, one of the questions we wanted to ask: Okay, wh- what are the the CDs currently in your six disc changer? In your <laughs> car? Uh, does anybody miss the days of buying CDs? I, I kind of do. do. Oh, I do. for sure. We're we're blockbuster, you know, throwbacks, and oh man, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that CD I mean, era. Yeah. You got it in your hand. You read the songs. You had the pictures of the band. You read lyrics and stuff. You know, the music nerds would, they would look who who produced it and you right. know, that kind of thing. Now it's just, it's just digital. This is song one. This is song two. Uh, and you buy it. And, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, Tim, remind me if I'm wrong, but I believe he had a six disc changer connected to his car, but it was in the trunk. So if we yeah. ever, if we were ever driving, and he wanted to change out a CD. He Tim would literally pull over to the side of the road, yes. change his CD in his trunk, and then we keep going. It was a ten disc changer, just to <laughs> just clarify. And yes, wow. it was in my trunk. And rich people first five <laughs> CDs were the Black Crows, and the next five were Pearl Jam. I've I've actually switched to vinyl for that exact reason. Ah, uh, there you go. Right. The, uh, check that. Out. I mean, like you get to see it's so big, it's so huge. <laughs> and what about the sound of it coming out? I mean, yeah, d- the sound of a record player does it does it give you more crisp quality? Do you enjoy that more than I'm not, a CD? It's funny. I'm not really a big audiophile when it comes to that stuff. I actually like the record popping and the the kind of the the you know the little like dust and sound. everything, the cracking and all, all that stuff. Yeah. I just like the experience of the whole record thing where you actually have a physical 
piece of media that you put onto a turntable and play it. Like Spotify, what I've realized with Spotify is that I'm paralyzed by choice. Like there's, you know, a zillion songs I want to listen to and I can't ever decide on which one to settle on. So I just put it on random and let it play. So yeah, like, like yeah. listening to the radio. Like, I, I mean, actually, I, I'll listen to like iHeartRadio, the, the iHeartRadio app and just put it on an alternative radio station and let it go. So. Well, uh, of the newer artists, you know, uh, I guess I'm kind of a fan of uh, Dua Lipa. I like her stuff. Okay, she's pretty good for the for for modern stuff. If you want me to leave the year, you know, move past <laughs> 1990 or uh, 95. I'm impressed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. That's a good one. Levitating. Uh, yeah. Uh, new rules. Uh, right. All right. Uh, I like that girl Jax that came up with that song Victoria's Secret. I don't know if you've heard that. It's like a whole song about uh, Victoria's Secret makes girls feel insecure about their bodies and this and that. You, you haven't heard that one? Uh, no, I, I haven't. I I have teenagers that probably listen to this. <laughs> that isn't the direction I thought music talk was going to well, go. But yeah, I'm really yeah. Interested. This I is. Mean, uh... If I tell you, you know, if I go down the usual ha hallway of, you know, Van Halen, Motley Crue and, and all that, Guns N' Roses, I saw there was a Guns N' Roses band called Night Train. I went and saw them Friday night at the Varsity. And, okay. uh, you know, they, they played all the good stuff, Mr. Brownstone and and all that. It's just, you know, I, I don't think there's – I guess we're always uh, emotionally connected to what we grew up on. And the 80s right. to me are just hard to beat, um, yeah. whether you're Dude. talking the – you know what I just watched uh, this morning was uh, somebody posted on Reddit the first two hours of MTV. Like when MTV came on the air, the very first two hours from the the rocket launch and the, the Saturn launch. Video killed the yeah, radio and, star. Into video yeah. killed the radio star. Do you know, okay, trivia. Do you know which artist had two songs in the first hour? You'll never Dire guess. Straits. Dark Rod Street. Stewart had two songs, two videos in the first hour ever of MTV. Why? Why on earth would Rod Stewart have two? There's not a lot sense. of inventory at that point. Yeah, they, it's, they it was Video Killed the Radio Star, Pat Benatar right after that. Um, total well, black. REO Speedwagon a little bit mixed in there, all that kind of stuff. So. When was their first year? 81? 1981. I think it was August 31st or August 1st, 81. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, but that was that's uh, interesting. Oh, I can remember like going on uh, summer vacations and watching MTV and 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 the parents and everybody yelling, "Go to go to the beach! We're at the beach. We're in Florida. Why are you watching TV?" But you know, watching music videos. And I remember George Michael, "I Want Your Sex." You know that coming <laughs> on, and just being, "Oh my God, he's saying what?" You know, yes. and 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 the parent grabbing the remote and turning it off. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, but the 80s to me are hard to beat when you come to pop when it comes to Michael Jackson and Prince and Madonna and all these people and the rock bands and just it was uh, I mean I'm, I'm a sucker for rock with melody to it I mean I, I like keyboards and you know that that's why I'm you know I'm a fan of Van Hagar uh, they right. did a great job of mixing all that stuff in but Right. Uh, the, the 90s early on, I'm like, you know, this is what they're feeding us now. I mean, everyone's depressed and, you know, everything's a bummer and everything's so dark. Nine inch nails and tool and all this. This is not happy. You know, this is not happy stuff. Who are you seeing next? Who's the next concert you got? 
Well, let me tell you something. I ran to John Brady today, and All right. uh, Jordy Collada's dad. They told me that John Cougar is playing uh, the Seeger, uh, the the Sanger uh, Theater. Sanger. Like, oh, you know, okay. Soon, I'd like to go see him. I mean, he's a yeah. he's a crotchety, grumpy guy, but uh, right. <laughs> I love can his can I go? Can I go with you and John, uh, Coach Brady, with that? Yeah. Hey man, I didn't invite you to the concert. All right, <laughs> I just told you about it. I'll see him at. Ruth. Do you have a? Yeah. Zach, did you get again. Taylor Swift tickets? Did you get Taylor Swift t- tickets to the Aeros uh, tour? I, I did not get Taylor Swift tickets. Uh, where it's is the she same playing? night as it's the same night as Dua Lipa. He can't go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got my Dua Lipa tickets. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a uh, great song. Hey, not gonna lie though, that that's a great song. That is a good song. I was just trying to reference something current because I mean, what is good. current? In, what is current in rock though? I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I did see Axel saying at uh, the services for Lisa Marie. Yeah, he's playing November Rain, right? She that was his. Yeah. Uh, did you see that? Uh, I did see it. I saw him speak, and um, you know it was funny because when I saw that tribute band on Friday, the Axel was good. He sang good, but I said, you know, the one thing he's not angry enough. He's not pissed. He didn't like mm-hmm. like you know Axel was always just angry and and everything, and and to see him kind of grown up and speaking and doing an interview in a polite manner. It almost made me feel old, you know. Axel just <laughs> did not go along with anything. Showed up to concerts late, caused riots, you know. That was his, that was his shtick. But uh, totally beat up new uh, kids on the block or something, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What was it? My, uh, Vince Neil challenged Axel Rose to a fight on MTV, and I think I think that's when the people said, "Okay, that's enough." And that's when grunge came in and and wiped yeah. all that stuff out for the most part. But well, uh, Steve Steve Gorman, the drummer of the Black Crows, tells a story about when they were at the MTV Music Awards, and they were in the Black Crows were in a trailer, and on one side was Nirvana, and on the other side was Guns N' Roses, and it was like this clash of of genres happening, eighties to nineties, and. <laughs> They, they literally almost got in a fight and, and the Black Crows were just kind of watching from their trailer, like Axel and Kurt Cobain kind of going at it. Uh, he's wow. like, he's like, it was just surreal. And like to look back in history, you're like, that's a pivotal moment in music history that exactly what you're talking about, going from kind of the hair metal to the grunge angst stuff. I mean, well, I know Co- Cobain, a- Cobain has no shot in that fight, right? Can we not agree anymore. With no, not anymore. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, rest in I think, peace, Kirk. I I think Chris Chris Novoselic versus uh, I don't know Slash or Duff. I, I'm that's a tall dude. I mean, he's like seven feet tall, right? I mean, I don't know. Well, I, I know we've talked about it before, but outside of Eddie Vedder, every singer from that era is gone. Uh, yeah. Lane Staley, Allison Chains, um, Scott Weiland, uh, yeah. Temple Pilots, Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell, uh, I mean, you know, all those bands, their their lead singers, uh, you know, tapped out way too early for different reasons. Yeah. But I mean, Eddie Vedder's the only one left. Uh, so, but yeah, and I've heard musicians talk about it too, how easy those songs were to play. You know, if you're if you're playing '80s stuff, when when all the guitars were trying to show off and be Eddie Van Halen and do all these crazy solos and riffs and everything, and then the the grunge stuff was very simple and you know. Uh, not nearly as complicated. Those songs are much easier to cover if you're a cover band too. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, it was it was real depressing at first, the, all the music. But you know that's what they were serving us, so that's what we got all <laughs> got on board with. Uh, uh, 
Well, I was, I mean, shout out Taylor Swift though. Her new album is great. If you want to listen to it, check it out. Hey, Jacques, do you follow Professor of Rock on, um, on I do. YouTube? You do? And, yeah. Anti-hero, by the way, right? That's Taylor yeah, yeah. Swift's big, big her hit. Big, big hit right now. But the Professor and of to Rock. Her, yeah. Go, yeah, go ahead. Cr- I was just gonna say, credit. I mean, you know, she writes her own stuff, and yeah. you know, she's obviously. I mean, she's been like at the top for a, lo- a while now. I mean, it's not like she, you know, is in and out in five years. So she's been hanging around. Yeah. But yes, I have watched The Professor of Rock. Uh, I, I, I think when COVID struck and we were all stuck inside, I, I think I, I fell down a wormhole of his, and yeah. and I watched. I watch this stuff all day. So he, he and I are a lot, a lot alike. Like yeah. when I hear him talk and I hear him talk, I'm like. Because he did do like a, a one hour with Sammy Hagar one day, and yes. he went through all the Van Halen songs, and I was like, "Man, I, I, this is the interview I wish I could do." But, uh, but yeah, he's great. I, I watch his stuff. Yeah, I figured you like that. I, so, yeah, so yeah, I think check that out if you're listening to this, Professor of Rock. Another one if you want to go into the '90s, sixty songs that explain the '90s. My all-time favorite podcast even better than this really one. it's so uh, I, it's i've so never heard good. of that better okay. than so this good. one what hey jacques tim wrote a song too <laughs> it's called back home you yeah. need to find it on spotify Go on your spotify out. yeah, yeah we'll okay. have this new back link. home for by this tim latour mardi, mardi gras season it's a mardi gras song go check it out you, you will like tim, what's it. your last name latour l-a-t-o-u-r okay okay I, I remember that now okay so if i search <laughs> tim latour and back home i'll find it yep it's okay. there oh yeah Oh yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right. We hadn't, we didn't even get to like a ton of stuff. So you're going to have to do this again. Part of the, uh, reunion tour here. We got to talk about the Chris Jackson documentary. We can't yes. do it now, but we got to yeah. bring you back on to talk about that. Just saw it this and, morning, actually. Is have it out? Seen it yet? Yeah. Yeah. It's on Showtime. So it's go correct. check it out. Yeah. I've seen the trailer to it and, uh, I think channel, I think we gave some footage to that. I think they asked oh, yeah. us. And so, that's happened in the past where uh, like the Shaq Dale documentary, that's yeah. a lot of channel nine footage that Steve Schneider dug up on tapes and transferred over and gave to them. I think the skip Burtman documentary too. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so thank well, God our station of, did a g- good job of keeping that stuff. Well, speaking yeah. of Dale Brown, he got, he got like the line of the whole show, like the, the one main line, uh, Matt, what was it? Something like, um, you know, the greatest player in NBA history had his career. one of the greatest players in yeah. NBA history got uh, cheated out of his career. Yeah, is, great that was yeah. his line. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. in the trailer. That line's in the they trailer. Say it, they say it twice yeah. in the documentary. <laughs> wow, right? I know. I well, can't wait I to mean, name, yeah, we got to name something after him for that. Well, to this day, I mean, uh, I didn't see Pistol Pete play, but right. he's the best player I've ever seen at LSU uh, live. I mean, you know, Shaquille yeah. O'Neal was power and strength and he was amazing and a big personality and and all that. But as far as like, you know, grace and fluidity and, and all that, uh, yeah. Chris Jackson, Mahmoud, uh, he, he's, mm-hmm. he's by far the best I've ever seen. I mean, there's, there's been guys that have flashed here and there, your Cam Thomases and whatnot. Marcus Thornton was a great one, but you know, to average 31 points a game, I mean, you score 20, I'm not good at math, but if you score 20, that means you got to score 40 the next one just to bump it back up to 30, right? I mean, that, that that's the kind of numbers yeah. he's yeah. putting up. So, uh, yeah. That, yeah, that go his... check that out. Go, yeah, go check, check that out. Really, and... really good. Yeah, we got to break that down next time you come on. Okay. First SEC right. game, 53 points in Florida. Still remember it. Uh, oh, I did too. I did too. They actually break that game wait. down too in, uh, in detail. So, yeah, it's a good one. Um, Ra- yeah, I remember Rafferty. that one. I remember I – remember, I remember, uh, Chris Jackson versus Gerald Glass in Oxford. 
and I watched it on pay-per-view. Tiger Vision. Um, yeah, and it was back and forth. It was like, uh, do you remember the old, uh, I think there was a uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode where it was uh, Will Smith. <laughs> It was Will Smith against this other guy that was on the other team, and they just went back and forth, and they were just shooting threes against each other. That was Chris Jackson and Gerald Glass in that game. They were just going back and forth and just shooting threes. I think Glass scored 55, Chris scored 53, and Ole Miss won the game in overtime. I think Steve Schneider called that game on Tiger Vision, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I remember. I remember yeah, the next that. podcast, we just need to do it in Steve Schneider's living room, I think. <laughs> and uh, he can pull up tapes while we do it and stuff. Yeah, that would be great. It's, it's actually him. called it's the Jacques Doucet Steve Schneider living room. Well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little well, I enjoyed time. this. Hopefully I wasn't too boring for you guys, but that was uh, great, man. Oh, no, hey, great. Thank, thanks so much. Yeah. So we appreciate you coming on. We'll get you back again if you'll do it, man. It's great oh, to see anytime. you. Oh, anytime. Anytime. Great to All see right. you guys, man. Yeah. Appreciate thanks, you, Jacques. Josh. Thank you, man. All right, man. Wow, that was great. That was good. Well, I just like Jock because you can talk to him about a million different things, right? Like, you, it's not just about like sports and stuff, but obviously he's got a lot of good sports stories. And like, I like hearing like, okay, yeah, he's covered the Super Bowl, and like, I had no idea that Tracy Porter like ran right to him and like <laughs> right, dropped yeah, the totally. ball at his feet and stuff like like. But can you imagine if that was you and you're having to do a professional job and like the ball no. like falls at your feet? Like, I would right. grab the ball and run and steal it. Absolutely. Like that guy who stole the pylon from the uh, LSU game at the, yeah. at the Bama game. Immediately, yeah. that's what I would be thinking. No, he, he is so great. I mean, just the, the, the memory on him, like he can recall so many different things. And yeah, he's seen, he's seen so much. I mean, how cool would it be to be him, to be kind of covering the golden era of everything at LSU? Man. You know what I mean? Yeah, from sure, baseball right. to football. I mean, women's basketball. <laughs> Men's basketball, uh, high, <laughs> high school girls, high school girls basketball. No, he's yeah, Lehigh, he Lehigh, Lehigh, uh, Lehigh era, yeah. 90, 90, yeah. 95, it's a long 96. career. Yeah, yeah, it's a long career, man. Yeah, and, uh, good and full of good stuff. Like you said, he he probably has a book in him already. You know, oh, I totally. mean, he, of just all the stuff he's seen and all that, and the and the Lehigh yeah. perspective for sure. The Lehigh, I, I mean, <laughs> it really, if he could pull up those archives, when they do the documentary on on the 95 Lehigh football team, I really do yeah. hope that WAFB held on to that footage. There's so much. There's just so There's a lot. much. Yeah. yeah. The T formation's coming back, guys. I don't yeah. know if y'all know. Yeah, it is. Straight, yeah. straight T formation is coming 46 back. 46 buck, 31 trap. Yeah. 44... I mean, just, uh, 44 something something yeah two one two shoot i mean we had it all guys we had it all I was about to say slam 44 slam no that wasn't it <laughs> i don't remember wham 44 wham yes the wham yes that's right um anyway well do we need to thank some sponsors here yeah shut it down sure let's, shut let's it do down. it let's shut it down uh good to see you guys this is fun you too this is great yeah yeah it uh, was sponsors great. uh about a year about one more year we'll do this again <laughs> guys i mean it's an annual tradition uh super bowl week podcast episode yeah where we break it down really really good stuff um, sponsors let's see who who's sponsoring us well L- ldf days. huh uh, LDF that's right wealth? you see it right here ldf wealth yeah that's uh-huh. where i work so we gotta throw that in there right yeah okay yes you know. uh, uh i hate also, receipts 
I was going to say that. I was using the I Hate Receipts IHR app this week to get ready for tax stuff. And all my receipts are like all cataloged and export to an Excel file. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's huh. that's still going. I need to they do got this. some awesome stuff. You need to download it, seriously. That app yeah, has incredible features of being able to catalog and then find stuff that you purchased itemized on receipts. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Uh, party time. Party time sponsor in this episode. Uh, they supplied us with balloons to celebrate uh, our comeback. So we're very thankful for party time. Uh, yeah. He, not to be confused with Party City. Yeah. Not to be yeah. confused yes. with Party City. Right. Party City's trash compared to Party Time. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yes. And unlimited um, helium gave us everything we needed. Um, not the not the satellite though. They didn't supply us with the satellite. I got that over in Shenzhen, right across the border. Ah, uh, of course. <laughs> hey, shout out to back home too. That that needs to be the official song of the show. Tim Latour is an official sponsor. Yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, he's lifting uh, us. His I checked my Spotify plays. I have two hundred plays, and oh. that that amounts to. 80 cents that's coming to me so uh going right back into the show so well wait till um what's that city uh that you still listen to us a million times in louisiana Saint was it st joe's st joe's wait saint wait, yeah, wait do they get a hold, of, a hold it. of that yeah uh, shoot <laughs> be over a dollar for I sure tell you what yeah.